0: What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney. We have Jay Woodson, McLean Boyd, alongside. How are you guys?
1: You know, you ask that every 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 week, and I always think that I'm going to say, say something clever, and I always say the exact same thing. I was like, good, great. That's stupendous! It's so bad. I mean, I've got to come up with something Maybe better. I'll I'll just bet stop Maybe I'll just I'm, stop I'm asking. I'm doing well, Mikey. I'm doing well. That's good. I'll just stop asking then. No, I think it's great. Yeah. I just need to be a better. I need to be a better voice.
2: <laughs> now, Jay, I'm right there with you. I, I feel the same way. I'm normally like, oh, well, I'm coming up with something good, and the best I can normally come up with it's a beautiful Monday night in Florida. <laughs> <And> that's, literally, <laughs> that's literally my top notch. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's great. great. You no, know, I'm not. I'm not in Florida tonight. I'm actually in Britwood, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville.
0: There you go. In a Watch fabulous out. hotel.
2: The Spring Hill Suites is mid-level at best in the Marriott uh, portfolio, <laughs> but you know, you got to got to stay inside a budget.
0: That's right. Those corporate dollars. You got to work work hard. That's right.
1: Um, that's
0: right. Jay, what are you drinking?
1: I'm drinking a high noon tonight. I just was hot and I was just feeling, I needed to get refreshed. So here wow. we are peach, peach, peach flavor. It's, peach. it's peachy.
0: That surprised me when I saw you tip that back. Yeah. Playing, I mean, what a claim you're on Corona Light. He had, he had all four fingers on it. That what <laughs> I actually enjoyed. <laughs> it's a much taller glass oh, or, a, or a can versus the, the sniffer he's normally, he's normally got face. on. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah uh, more I'm, surface I'm, area i'm drinking water there you go double fist it in a different way (laughs) Uh, i'm just drinking water tonight sorry guys it's just a got a long long week ahead of me so i'm just trying to you know be nice to my body for a few days here and rest up and
1: probably a good move yeah i mean that's what i was thinking too i mean i was i was going to take a break and just get some hydrate and just get a high noon (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's close It's close kind of uh, yeah, we got member guests, of the founder this week. So it's the uh, best and worst week of the year all in one. How's the course looking? It's looking good. Greens are fast and firm.
1: That's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, they were like 12, 10 on the stimp today. Oh, man. Uh, and they're probably going to get a half foot faster.
1: <laughs> 13 on those greens. Are, that's it's, that's tough. it's
0: stupid. I was out. I was out. <clears throat> Dotting some greens today uh for the whole locations. And I just did the front nine. And we have like two whole locations of green. That's like, (laughs) you know, it's like I was I was putting to them and I'm like, it's okay right now. It's kind of iffy right now. It's gonna be bad come Thursday, Friday, Saturday when they're a half foot faster.
2: Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't take that into consideration. I think in the amateur golf world, that once a green get that gets that much faster, how much smaller? Yes, from a superintendent's perspective.
0: Yeah, um, where I mean, you
2: can actually put whole
0: locations. Yeah. Reasonable, pinnable areas. Like there was one I hit today. You know, especially I've always felt like at the Foundry. You know, yeah, the downhill ones are really fast, but I feel like the side hill ones are the toughest because you got to play so much break and then get the ball to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and as it as it's breaking because you have to play three feet of break on a ten foot putt, and it's just it's just picking up speed as it breaks too. Yeah. And so it's just so hard to cozy it down there. I'm like, well, I got to move this one. I can barely stop it right now. So I'm going to move this one. <laughs> uh, so it'll be interesting. It'll be. And they're getting firm, too. That's the other thing. It's one thing if they're kind of receptive. Yeah. Uh, but the shots in and the chip shots around the greens will be tough. Will be tough. So and then I'm just going to cuss out my superintendent, Hunter Hankley. <laughs> <laughs> This pace pace of play will go to a snail's pace, and everyone will be yelling at me for pace of play, and he's just going to be over there in the corner laughing, (laughs) grinning, (laughs) just grinning ear to ear. Ha ha ha! ha, You motherfuckers. Yeah,
2: Yeah. (laughs) that's fantastic.
0: But let's um, let's get into a little golf, huh? We had uh, the AT and T Byron Nelson TPC Craig Ranch. it's, It's outside of Dallas. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, McKinney.
0: Yeah. McKinney? Yes. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. That's so, so, um, I I'm really mad at myself, very mad at myself. About five, six weeks ago or so, I said on this podcast I was gonna pick Jason Day every week in my DraftKings lineup until, until he, won, he won, won a golf tournament yeah. because he was playing so well. Jason Day wins a golf tournament and I didn't pick him in my DraftKings. I didn't even listen to myself. I knew it was going to happen at some point. Knew it was going to be eventual. It was going to happen. It was inevitable. And I didn't fucking. Pick I want to say,
2: I want to say he was really only on one
1: guy's team. If
2: I'm not mistaken,
1: he was only on one guy's team.
0: <laughs>
1: and and you are you were the winner. So there you go. <laughs> There's that shit eating grin. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. Well, I'm telling you, you motherfuckers do not use the power rankings. And I like I'm very upfront about how I make this work. And you guys just he was like nah, I'm not
1: doing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we we have closed the gap a little bit what We're, where are we at the last Mikey, two where, weeks where are we at for points so
0: we did close the gap and then mclean won the last two weeks so mclean's at 91 jay you're at 82 i'm
1: at 77 oh man yeah i think if you get to 10 point lead you need to take the week off <laughs> <clears throat> and you can't enter
2: i'm just i'm just excited about my thousand dollar first prize what wait what <laughs> where's that I'm money sorry, coming that from yeah that, that wasn't in the contract but.
0: no checks in the mail yeah fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so yeah jason day uh gets it done uh over a, a pretty decent leaderboard for a you know a non um non-designated event um scotty shuffler was up there hatton um uh, Seewu Kim's a, a bigger name, uh, a couple, of, you know, unknowns and CT Pan and Austin Eckroat, but yeah, it's I think it's impressive. I think right now Jason Day is playing top five in the world.
1: I would agree with that.
0: I don't know what the Strokes gain numbers say on you know the recent form. Uh, we can find out obviously what it says in um, in the calendar year, but even since since September when this wraparound season started. He started at 175th in the world ranking in September. Now he's 20th.
1: I really like his swing changes too. I mean, they were subtle. It wasn't like he did a major, major overhaul, but I feel like it's it's easier on his body, which he had some, he had some pretty bad back issues too, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, hell, the guy's always been injured. It feels like he's had vertigo yeah. and back and knee and all kinds of things but yeah he basically re kind of revamped his swing a little bit and you're right it's not by the naked eye it doesn't
1: look crazy different um it, it just seems like it's on a little bit better plane on the way back um yeah and he's able to and I'm, i know we, if i had it in front of me i could you know pick it apart a little better but it just looks in a, a, he used to get it kind of a little bit steeper on the backswing and he would really you know had no hip turn uh on the backswing and it really just it was almost like you can you, you watch him swing, you're like you're that looks like it hurts your back, <laughs> you know. When you just watch it, like kind of like when you watch Will Zelator, it's like that looks like it hurts, and it does hurt it does. to do that. Um, but it just looks a little softer now. Like the lines look a little better, and it looks a little bit more fluid, in my opinion. He, he look he used to look so aggressive, like you know, ripping through it, just real big separation with upper body and lower body.
2: No, you're, you're exactly right, man. Because of his limited hip turn coming back, the club had a tendency to sometimes get just a hair across the line at the top because you didn't have that flexibility of the lower body helping to create that rotation. Um, I think that's gotten tightened up a little bit. You know, that's something that a lot of golfers have gotten to, especially ones that are at his caliber, tour caliber, right? We all age a little bit. It just happens. It is what it is. And you have to get more comfortable feeling like that left knee – Turns in a little bit with the backswing that your hip rotates slightly, slightly to your uh, you know, your backside if, if you're lefty or righty, but you know, for a right-handed guy, it's rotating a little bit towards to that right side. And that gives you that flexibility to get it back there. It also gives you the flexibility to keep that club down the line. If you're not, if you're not turning that hip, the club has to go up and it has to get more vertical, has to get a little speed. And it has a tendency in Jason Bay's case to get slightly across the line. It seems like he's softened that a little bit. Also, it seems like his tempo is a little bit smoother, um, yeah. which I think provides some, some longevity into what he's going to be able to do. We all know that the guy's not lacking in talent. He's in no shape or form ever been lacking in talent. So if he's able to soften this up, get comfortable with this move, which it looks
1: like he is,
2: but especially based off of his recent play, you know, I think he stands to win a lot more golf tournaments.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, he's, it, he's doing everything really well right now. For, at least from the naked eye. I, mean, I haven't looked at the exact stats, but just watching him play. Well,
2: so I'm I'm looking at these stats, and I wanted to point this out because out of all the major stats, the major stats that we really, we really dive into, there is one outside of it, but out of all the major stats that we really dive into, he is highest in driving distance, 62nd in driving distance. Almost everything else except for proximity is he – Higher than, well, I should say, what lower rank, higher rank, lower number. Um, but he's 62nd in driving distance. He is um, 11th in strokes gain putting, 29th in strokes gain around the green, 16th in strokes gain approach to the green, which also leads me to try to figure out how is proximity at 105 if you're uh, approaching the greens at 16. That looks that looks a little bit out of whack. Um, off the tees, 25th, tee to green, 12th, and strokes gain total, seven. So the fact that, as we all know, no one considers Jason Day a short hitter. None of us do. No one's ever had that conversation before. But when you go down and you look and notice that that stat sticks out as the one that he's really the highest ranking when it comes to you know the major stats that we really uh, drill down on. It really says a lot about the remainder of this game and how he's playing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, across the board is he's always been a, a good putter too. Like I always felt like that's one of his strengths. Like he's just very consistent, solid putter. I mean, I think like anybody, you you get streaky when it comes to the longer putts, but he always Jason Day would always make those putts that you should make, which I always when I look at a putter and kind of rank them, I always feel like if you if you watch them if they always make the putts that they should make you you always feel like they're a good putter the, the times that you look at a player and he misses a couple short ones or he the speed's really bad on, on his lag putting you're like ah he's, he struggles but anytime you see him make those you know three to six footers you're like this guy's got he knows what he's doing well it's like so. when you watch watch a good
0: ball striker the ball's always coming out of the right window the correct window yeah. right yeah. with with jason day when he pots the ball always looks like it's just rolling end over end it's like he's always hitting yeah. his start line the speed's always good again he, he might not make every putt for, for various reasons like you can miss a putt but they're all pretty damn good he's always oh, like, yeah got a shot at making it
2: yeah you know um no and you bring you bring up a, a really good point there you know Tony Finau we don't consider a great putter we know he's a great player but we don't really consider him a great putter because we seem to watch him miss a lot of especially the short ones but if putting statistics are actually pretty solid at the end of the day. So, you know, w- with what you were saying, Jay, I think it, you're you hit the nail on the head there.
1: I've that, always loved... Cool.
0: Go for it. No, I said I've always loved Jason Day's pitching
1: motion. Yeah, very simple. Very simple. Hand, hand action.
0: I use it as an example a lot when I teach pitching with, with amateurs because I feel like way too many amateurs get all wristy and they're trying to help the ball and they're trying to get all this loft and spin and it's like, mm-hmm. no. Let, let's let's have a nice solid strike and use friction. You're not good enough to do that. Let's just You're not good it enough simple. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Most it's, of us aren't. Yeah, exactly. I I've even at times especially, you know, here in in the southeast dealing with like Bermuda grass into the grain and dormant and I I just kind of picture his motion when yeah. I'm hit, hitting those shots of the really wide not much wrist hinge and just kind of let the body just rotate through it and it's uh it's it's pretty to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I you know what I didn't realize. Oh, I, I shouldn't say I didn't realize I forgot how good of a tear he went on for a couple of years there when he got oh, number yeah. one no. in the world. Since in so he's now won 13 times on the PJ tour and has a major. It's a pretty damn good resume. And looking back, starting in um February of 2014 through Uh, May of 2016, so a little over two years. He won nine times. Oh, wow. He won the match play in 14. In 15, he won the Farmers Insurance, the RBC Canadian, the PJ Championship, the Barclays, and the BMW Championship. Then in 16, he won the Arnold Palmer, the match play again, and the players. I mean, that's some big time wins. I mean, two match plays then you had a major the players two playoff events and then like some of the regular ones the farmers is always a good field the, he won um, big big tournaments Arnold Palmer was always a strong field like yeah he's he's won some big ass tournaments in his day
1: yeah you don't you don't really see him win those you know sub-tier events like every time he wins it's a it's a big stage at least yeah. during that during that stretch
0: in that stretch even I mean hell ATT Byron Nelson is probably his Least he's actually won that now twice, two completely different golf courses. But that was his first win all the way back in 10.
1: I was about to say, I think that was, I remember that being his first win. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Over Blake Adams, Brian Gay, and Jeff Overton.
1: All finished. Blake Adams, man, G-G-M. I haven't heard that name in a long time. <laughs> I know. I have, man, he's a, he, he used to play quite a bit with Blake Adams. Was he a big break guy? No, no, no okay. he's just a country. Country boy from Georgia lives on a farm even to this day. I mean, I think I saw him maybe five or six years ago and he just, yeah, he just plays golf for fun and happened to be really good at it. But now he lives, at least that's the last i talked to him, but I'd assume that not much has changed to him. He's just a salt of the earth kind of guy.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is cool to see. I've always liked Jason day. He can be a little bit of that mold like you see a lot of the guys now that you know the the xanders that can't lay is a little emotionless on the golf course but um you know he's a mirror village member which i appreciate and that's going to help your golf game out when you play there but it's it's also <laughs> weird that he hasn't gone to the warmer climate you know yeah
2: yeah, especially from a guy being from Australia, you know, you would think that he would be thriving and looking for that warmer climate you know, down in Jupiter, um, with a lot of the other guys. I mean, even it, it, we see the we see the groups, and it's Jupiter, Texas, Scottsdale. Um, there's a couple guys still in Southern California. Just a couple guys now going to Vegas. Vegas is starting to to uh, get a nice little group there. Um, but no, you're right. You know, you just don't see a ton of tour pros in these cooler climates. Um, and it, it was I watched, I don't know if any of you guys saw the Justin Thomas interview today, uh, talking about Rochester. Um <laughs> it wasn't it may not have been one of its finer moments. I, I thought some of it was a little bit funny, uh, but it may not have been one of his finer moments that you just gotta think is don't don't give the crowd any reason to give you, give you crap. but all, all I I just I felt like all he wanted to say is like yeah there's a reason no tour points in Like that, I just I, I just I felt I was like come on just say it. Let's just get this out
0: there. Come on. <laughs> I will say have you seen Jason Days practice facility at his house? Pretty sweet. It's stellar. He's got like three greens, he's got a huge studio, garage door bays, like an indoor putting studio. It's look it up. He's done a couple like tours of it, like a crib style. Yeah of it it's
1: it, pretty it's pretty awesome
0: it's pretty money so it's easy to kind of keep the game sharp in the uh in the winter time uh, with with that at your disposal but yeah so um what else anything else on jason day i really like that
2: guy yeah i really like that guy. good dude
0: he is a good dude he mm-hmm.
2: yeah. He's just a good dude. I had an uh, interaction with him in go Hollow probably 15 years ago. And they have coming out of the clubhouse, they have this little kind of um, almost like a deck, if you will, to kind of overlook some putting green. And it was right when a putter had came out that had kind of a hole in the back of it and it was white. And I asked him, I'm like, hey, what what is that putter you're putting with? He turned around and it was before any of us had ever seen him before. He turned around and had a conversation with me like he'd known me forever. Um, you know, like, hey, Jason, what, what is that you're putting? And I knew immediately that you know, it was someone that I would like for a long time because he didn't he didn't push it off. He literally turned around and was like, oh, this is new putter. This is something new. Literally just got it in the bag this week and kind of broke it down for us. And I was just like, man, you know, that's that's someone I'm going to be able to root for for a long time. You know, If he treats his fans that way, treats the public that way. Yeah, you know, he he's going to be someone that uh, you know it's going to be easy to easy to want to see win.
0: Yeah, yeah. He seems like a, seems like a down to earth good dude. Um, we didn't even mention he shot sixty two on Sunday to win. No, yeah, that's, that's not that's, bad. That's pretty, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And stuff yeah. stuff one on eighteen. What was it, like an eighty five yard shot or so? It hit <clears> two <throat> and a half, three feet, yeah. maybe. Sixty sixty two. I've heard that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. Pretty I've never good. done it. I've never done it, but I've heard it's good. Yep, yeah, yeah, McLean, your camera is really weirding me out. Tonight. <laughs>
2: well, it follows me around. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I had something else on Jason Day, but but I but I forget. Um,
1: yeah, that, I mean, I, I he's got a. I got a quick similar story though. Just, I mean, we don't need to keep repeating all all the wonders of Jason Day, but. Uh, Leishman, Mark Leishman has a cherry event in uh, in Virginia beach where he did. And he invited a bunch of PJ tour players to come back. And Jason was one of the guys that was on the list. And it was, it was hurt. Like he had a, um, uh, again, another injury back injury or something like that. But, uh it was cool. He was there still came stayed for, it was a two day thing, still showed up and hung out and just mingled and talked to everybody. And, and obviously it would have been an easy excuse to be like, Hey man, I can't make it. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm recovering, but, you know, going through back surgery, he still showed up for the event to just do his part and meet and help raise money for the charity. I thought was pretty cool. And I didn't talk to him very long, but he was like McLean said, very cordial, easy to talk to. And, um, genuinely was interested in what you were saying. It wasn't just like, Hey, you know, nice to meet you. Get out of my face. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool.
0: Uh not a big fan of contraception, apparently, though. He's got four kids and his wife's pregnant again. Is she really? Oh man. I heard someone say it's like the Philip Rivers, the PGA tour. (laughs) Just pumping them out.
2: Between him and Tony, they're gonna have to put a restriction on family badges for the week. (laughs) Yeah.
0: They uh again after it. Doesn't it isn't Jason Day one of the guys in the and the RV ma- mafia out there, I was like, he's driving the RV around. You can't drive an RV around with five kids. I'm not sure. <laughs> that may, may be. Um, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure he was, because part of it was because of his back. Back in the day, he used to drive around, so he had the same mattress um, in the RV that he had at home, so he wouldn't have to sleep in hotel beds and all this rented houses. He could just stay in the RV, and he you knew the bed was going to be good. So I'm not sure if he's still doing that once he's got the back fixed and uh, swings better. Or, again, he might have to have two RVs with that many kids. You're <laughs> <laughs> pitching tents outside the RV. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. there. Apparently, he's pitching a tent a lot. <laughs> Again, honey. All right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you um, won last week. We're gonna afford two more.
0: It's right. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, they gave him a cowboy hat. I get the golf channel on right now, and they're showing the trophy presentation. I didn't realize they gave him a cowboy hat. He, oh yeah. He cannot pull off a cowboy hat. Not many people can, but <laughs> I definitely can't. Uh, anything else on? We we'll on, in Nashville. Yeah, you will. You gotta get your, your logo there right on the on the front. I'll refrain from using which company, but you gotta get that right out there. Make all kinds of sales. It'll look, it'll look good. <laughs> Anything else on the Asian team? Byron Nelson. Um you know, Scotty Scheffler played well. Uh didn't play well on round three, which is a little surprising. But um Austin Eckro. I don't know. It hey, was a Austin little Ekro,
2: we need to give Austin Eckert his too. I mean the kid was a stud college player and mm-hmm. it's nice to see him starting mm-hmm. to to break through a little bit. You know it's it's always good to see some of the younger stars go out and get a couple of high finishes start to make a name for themselves. And at the end of the day, I mean the kid was a stud at Oklahoma state. Uh I I think he's someone who can can build off of a little bit of that Oklahoma state um Team that they have out on tour, because they have one heck of a crowd. They that program has produced so many great players and they're going to continue to do so. But you know, I think that plays a lot into finding some level of comfort out there. You know, I don't know how close he is with Ricky. I don't know how close he is with some of the other guys, but you gotta imagine there's there's some sort of um best way to say it, some sort of team aspect that he feels probably during practice rounds and when he's on the range. That gives him a, a certain level of comfort when he's out there playing. You know, something like a guy like Jason Day did not have, um, but still gets it done.
0: How about that team? I mean, he he was on the same team with Matt Wolf and Victor Hovland. Yeah, is that any good? Yeah. That's yeah,
2: that's pretty good. I've, I've read I've read somewhere that's pretty good.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's all the way up to seventy seventh now in the FedEx Cup. Point list and believe it or not i'm actually looking at the fedex cup point list more than i ever have this year um one because of top 50 in fedex cup points gets into the designated events next year automatically and because only the top 70 are guaranteed their full card for next year Let's they drop that from 125 to 70 so there's a little bit more sense of urgency to those those lists now um which i guess is a good thing because almost no one Ever looked at the FedEx Cup rankings, you know. So
1: what so what is that? you probably know this better than anybody, Mike? What, what's the plan at the end of 2020 2023? So they, they're not they're doing away with the the corn perry finals. So right? yeah, there's so,
0: gonna there's a new the the fall the wraparound portion is over. There's still gonna be a fall series. It's basically gonna be like an extended playoff for for um status. Right. So those guys that fall 71
1: to 125
0: to 125 and the corn, the corn ferry guys will join them and they're all going to fight for, you know, more status. Only the top 70 are guaranteed their full card. Um, And so you're going to have that fall series will still exist. You'll still see a lot of those same tournaments at the same courses that we've been used to. It just won't be an official event for the 2024 season that won't start until the tournament champions in january
1: so it's just like a like a play-in series i guess so to speak essentially yes gotcha it's like a qualifying series (laughs) yeah
0: so you know and they're going to obviously play for money and points and they can get their cards and so there's obviously a lot for those guys uh, to play for but it's not going to feel like the top guys in the world don't feel like they're getting behind the eight ball with FedEx Cup points, that they want to take the fall off, yeah, and have an actual off season, yeah. So, it is, it is, it is nice to just kind of pay attention to this, this, the FedEx Cup list because there's some names on here that are pretty far down the list. If I can find it, all of a sudden, I just lost it. It's Just great radio. Hold
1: please. <laughs> We should have some music going on in the background. Um, yeah, I mean, if you
0: scroll down to like Tommy Fleetwood, 51st, he's not in the designated events. Hmm. Hideki Matsuyama, 64th on the FedEx Cup point list. Justin Thomas, 69th. One of the world's best players is 69th on the FedEx Cup point list.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's, he's really proven that, isn't he?
0: <laughs> now, granted, he will he will get in, and probably Hideki too will get into the the designated events because they did make a, like a top thirty clause where if you're not in the top fifty in the FedEx Cup points, but you're still in the top thirty in the world, you'll get yeah. In.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, th- at the same time, you know, you you want to see the the famous or the popular players in the in there, especially if they're you know still ranked. Adam
0: Adam Scott is 86th yes. on the FedEx Cup point list. Wow.
1: That doesn't seem – something doesn't seem right with that. Like, that seems weird. I mean, these guys are playing – I mean, Adam Scott's been playing great. I guess not. I mean, he's always seen him on the leaderboard all the time. Like, can he really be that far down? Is it the winners or they're just super heavily – value uh, valued for for winning
0: I mean he's he's only played 10 events he's made every cut he's had two top tens three top
1: 25s God, I feel like that would be and his two
0: his two top tens just happened the last two weeks
1: yeah so he
0: had he had a, a 29th 21st. 65th, 31st, 71st, 31st, 39th, 31st. And then the last two weeks, T5, T8. So, again, but part of it, so looking at his calendar here, he's only played 10 events. He took off the entire fall, did not play. Right. So, that's part of being behind the eight ball there. Yeah. You know, mixed average results and started behind the eight ball. His first event was a tournament champions in, in Hawaii. So and there were how many how many events in the fall that were like was it seven eight? seven or eight yeah yeah not I mean, easy, not the using to play every one but you played two or three and yeah now you're probably fiftieth with some average finishes yeah so and it be kind of kind of interesting to look at those lists you know as as the season kind of progresses here obviously there's a lot of points available now we got you know kind of major season um with you know pretty much one a month here for the next few months. So, but just something kind of extra to pay attention to. anything else with Byron Nelson, uh it's pretty boring. AT&T's out next year for this event. Really? Yep. Um now granted it sounds like they're getting AT&T's getting the Pebble Beach is going to be designated next year. So, I got gotcha. you They're going to have to to because of that they're going to fork over more money for that. So, my guess is they're saying, well, we'll instead do one of, tournament. Instead of having two mediocre events, we'll just do yeah. one big event.
1: That's a good move.
0: So, I don't know if there's a a, a new sponsor yet lined up. Um, but yeah, it sounds like AT&T is out of this event they're going to do just Pebble.
2: What did you guys what did you guys think about them trying to create, you know, the 16th hole at sawgrass in the 17th? You know, tried to, tried to stadium it in a little bit. I mean, it's tough to always replicate anything and think you're going to have the same level of success. I don't think the crowd is ready for that. You know, the expectation now. People people travel from all over to go to the waste management because of what they know the 16th hole is going to bring. And I think it's very difficult. I, I will say I do like the fact that they're trying. Edit that out um like the fact that they're trying Uh, i think it i I do think it does bring a level of you know trying to create something different trying to do more of keeping up with what modern golf truly is and i like that there's an effort there i don't know that the execution is being nailed right now and i don't know exactly how you do that by no means do i have the answer but at the same time you know i i like to see it i think it's cool i think it does create more of uh, an attraction for people, not only that want to follow golf, but people that want to get into it. Maybe they you know, don't historically follow it, but they see that they have this new opportunity to go have some fun at their local golf tournament. And I hope they take it. I hope it, it gets the participation numbers up. And I think it, it builds on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I like them trying it. I mean, it's not, nothing's ever going to replicate 16 at Phoenix. It's just yeah. not not going to happen. And in the atmosphere, that you're searching for McLean is, is up to the fans, right? It's yeah. I agree. Just because you build the stadium doesn't mean it's going to be ruckus and rowdy and the, the fans got to be rowdy. I mean, when you look at yeah. any atmosphere, any good atmosphere in sports, it's always the best fan bases, the the rowdiest, the loudest. There's some football stadiums or some basketball arenas, baseball stadiums that are just dull. The fans are just dull in that certain city or wherever it may be. So no matter how good the stadium is or this hole is, it's the fans got to kind of make it what it is. I agree with that. I agree with that. And like you said, Scottsdale is a destination for people to get rowdy. Oh, yeah. And and it's organic. It's built and built and built and built over the years. (laughs) You know, it yeah. was rowdy when Tiger yeah. made that hole in one at Scottsdale in 1996, and there was no stands there. I mean, yeah, you watch that old footage, and they're just kind of just around the the ropes, you know, going nuts. And so it's that was built organically. You can't just build a stadium and expect everyone to go bonkers all the time, and
1: it, it'd be the same. Well, if yeah. you build it, they will come.
0: <laughs> they'll come they'll sit there in the seats but will they get off their ass or are they just no, i'm with you I,
2: I i agree with you i was making a joke of it but no I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you it does come down to the fan involvement um and it's not something i i think every sort of um every place wants to see you know i think there are still a lot of very traditional venues where the membership and kind of the fan contingent around there probably doesn't want to provide that mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how it progresses throughout more events throughout the year. I mean, obviously we're going to see more places trying to adapt that level of um, interaction for the fans, and I think that's fantastic. But I do agree with you; it does take a very long time to build up to you know what they've done at TPC Scottsdale.
0: Yeah. Again, I'm all for trying new things and seeing what sticks and what doesn't, and you know, becoming a little bit more more modern and. And hip, I don't know, maybe golf, but louder would be really cool. But <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and get to it. We're here. So golf, but louder. We had we had a huge event live Tulsa this past week at Cedar something Golf Club. <laughs> Sounds like you're really into this. It, I I watched so much of it. As in, completely forgot it was on and watched zero shots.
2: <laughs> but-, but that's doing an injustice. I will say it's doing an injustice only because of the way it finished. You had VJ, Cam Smith, and Brandon Grace in a playoff, and they all played some great golf to get into that playoff. Um, you know, missing that was really just our fault. I mean, we would have all enjoyed watching that. And you can't guarantee that that's going to happen every week, and I get that. But looking back, and I went back, watched all the highlights literally right before we jumped on here, and it was good golf.
0: That no one saw. Even if you were watching it, you couldn't see it because the CW cut the coverage in most of the parts of the country. With three, four holes to go, the CW went off the air. And where's my list here? Of what, what was it, they just, went to,
1: <laughs> what, what, what some silly show, Penn and Teller, so,
0: like that. so. In certain parts of the country, <laughs> so here in Richmond, if you were watching, they cut off coverage right at six o'clock to go to an episode of The Rookie. I'm not really sure what that is, it has nothing to do with sports, by the way. It's like a police show, um, couldn't tell you who's in it. And other areas of the country, they went to Blackish, rerun of Blackish. Uh, some went to Penn and Teller. <laughs> they cut off Live Golf, which was on this unbelievable finish with two of the best players in the world for Penn and Teller. Other heirs went to the country, went to Family Feud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's awesome. <laughs> uh, that's awesome.
0: So. It's not good. I, it's I don't have good. to say anything. I'm just just, that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah uh, not good it's not good so uh, it's just yeah you know um hey andrew green's on the tv i just texted him but uh, um yeah i don't know live it, it, I, it should be cooler than it is cam smith and dj well, cool. playing in a playoff should be cooler but i just don't think anyone cares anymore
2: uh, I don't know that they don't care. I don't think it's being televised properly. You know, there's it, it sucks that the league got so tarnished and wasn't able to lock down a major TV contract because it could be so much better. It They'd really be better off just
0: be. staying on YouTube.
2: Now, I, I don't disagree with that. But now it's to the point. At least, I mean, and you could have easily, with the YouTube thing, you could have absolutely parlayed that into a YouTube TV partnership to where they get their own channel during the tournament. Uh, Days like that—that shouldn't have been hard to pull off. Um, I think at this point we're only looking at a sinking ship, Um, and it's unfortunate because you guys know how I started out. I was a fan of it, and I'm not to say that I'm not a fan of it now. I like a lot of what they're doing. I I, like—I really like the effect they've had on the sport overall. Um, But the way it goes, if something drastically does not change. These guys are going to play out their contract, pay a fine, and they'll be back on the PGA Tour in five years. And I, I just, I, I, I just truly think there's no one who's going to renew, re-up their deal to stay there, considering what the PGA Tour has done and how that's become so much more attractive. Now, if they continue to make these big contracts, because that's that's another thing. These contracts got paid, and the uh, exorbitant amount of money that was paid was to garner participation. At this point, I think I don't think they're going to do that again. I don't think Brooks is going to get a hundred million to come back for another four years. I just don't see that happening. If they do, this thing will keep going the the way it's been going. But at the end of the day, I think these guys are going to cash out and either literally go live on a yacht or they're going to start practicing and, and get back on the PGA tour. And I do think it will come in the form of some sort of fine that they have to pay. I think they will break it down to a percentage of whatever their signing bonus was. Say, Hey, you want to get back to the PGA tour? Cause you can't make everyone pay, you know, a million dollar fine or a $2 million fine. Cause it's just not fair to a guy that got, you know, a hundred million to come play on the Lib tour versus one of the guys that got a couple million to play on the Lib tour. You know, you just can't, You can't regulate it in that instance. So I think it's going to be broken down where these guys have to pay a certain percentage of either their earnings while they were over there, their signing bonus, and they will be back on the PGA Tour at some point. Because regardless of what anyone really thinks about it, and the PGA Tour will be arrogant about it, I'm sure to a certain degree right now, but they want those players back. They know they do. It makes their Mm -hmm. product better they want to say that they have the absolute most dominant field in every tournament. And you can't say that without them.
0: Well, and they also want the major, the, the win of, sorry, Greg, we got all your guys back. Like just getting them back is a win. Like, Hey, we've won this thing, you know? So, but That's exactly right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm really worried about my majestics. I'm just looking at the season long standings here. Uh, I did at the beginning of the season, I did the you know, the quiz to pick my team and the majestics were it. They're in dead last right now. We need a shakeup. We need some sort of we got three captains. That's always been a problem. If you have three, you have none. You know, we gotta we gotta have a shake up here. We need an in season trade. Check the waiver wires. I don't know. We gotta do something. Fire the manager. Who's on the team? I don't even know
1: who. Uh
0: Lee Westwood. Oh, yes. Ian Poulter, Henrik Stenson, yeah. and then I think there's a rotating fourth cast member. Um, <laughs> cast member. <laughs> this is pretty much what it is, right? It's <laughs> kind of a TV product. So Lori Cantor, Sam Horshfield. I think Andy Ogletree stepped in and played the third round this past week because of an injury. Really? I'm not sure how that works. But this is a real tour. They should get world ranking points. Andy Ogletree should play one round of golf and get world ranking points.
2: Fly um, in on Allegiant Airlines. Yeah, he had,
0: a, he had a layover in Omaha before he get to Tulsa. That's great. That's great. So I, I don't know. It's just I wish these guys were on the PJ Tour. A lot of them I don't like. I wish they were. Liv would have been better off just staying on, on YouTube. This, I think, it was an utter embarrassment. They they got what they wanted. They got DJ and Cam, yeah, a couple others, but DJ and Cam in a duel. In most of the country, if they were tuned in, could not watch
1: it. Yeah, that was that's poor.
0: That's an utter failure.
1: In my opinion. Uh, yeah, or CW just doesn't care. Like you're not, you're not. Maybe they weren't bringing in the ratings even with that. And they were like, yeah. you know what. And more people watch the rookie, so we're going to switch. Got a lot of Magic fans
0: out there; they want to watch Penn and Teller.
1: Yeah, you know? I have not seen. I hadn't seen the, the TV ratings for CW. I have no idea how many.
0: Well, so that's the other thing: is the the TV ratings for Live have like gone bye bye? No one has posted them. The CW hasn't posted them. Live hasn't even come out posted them. They did the first couple of events, and then they stopped doing that.
1: It I can't guess be the wrong way.
0: I guess CW put something out there of like um, the top fifty original programming of theirs, and maybe because it wasn't original programming, I could have had that wrong. But they weren't live; wasn't on the list. And I'm not saying they're not top fifty at, on CW, but maybe they were f- so far down that they wanted their name just scrubbed completely off the list. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Phil Phil was at it again, allegedly. I couldn't see it, but he was all over Twitter. This what did week. he say? So he, um, you know, the the whole Phil thing is just weird, right? So he he gets in... I don't know. He takes that leave of absence last year after the scary motherfucker comments came out about Saudi Arabia. He he puts out that weird ass apology note letter thing, saying he was taking time for himself, and he really was just apologizing to. Saudi Arabians for calling him scary motherfuckers. (laughs) Then when he does come back at the U S open, he's like very muted and didn't look like himself. Now all of a sudden he has been, he's been off social media for quite a while. Then he plays well at the masters and now he's all back all over social media with the videos and hitting bombs and talking about his calves, the same shit we've heard for the last 10 years from, from Phil. And so his, Post the other day, which is now deleted. And again, I can't see it because I'm not, I'm blocked by him on Twitter, but um, some news journalists had screenshotted it and put it out there. He's like, PGA uses, I think he means not PJ Tour, PJ of America. PGA uses OWGR to get in. Number 103, Tringali. Number 111, Munoz. Number 110, Kokrak. Out. Number 128, Hostler. In. Colluding with Tour and Against Live. Three years from now, who was most likely to be here? Question mark. Monaghan or Liv. We won't forget you too, Juan. Really? Yeah, I don't know what the hell that means. Um, but yeah, so he's basically alleging that the PJ Tour and the PJ of America are colluding against each other. Um he did then delete it. He went at A Eamon Lynch, wrote an article, and then he went at Eamon Lynch about something on social media. He's then deleted that. So I don't know. Phil's just Phil's just added again.
1: Yeah, I wonder if he's uh no, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> I mean you just wonder what's like going on in his head. Like are there other things, are there other factors that are making him act so sporadic i mean is it this weird coffee shit that he came up with i mean is that is that messing his brain up like, like something's not right like he's so up and down and you know erratic i guess is the best way to say it like you said that the masters he didn't say anything to anyone until he played well he played, and they played well
0: Now he's all over social media again and he's back at it he feels like phil again yeah yeah it's weird so I think he's still nervous that Billy Walters book comes out this summer at some point. So oh, yeah. Billy, Billy, Walter, the, the notorious gambler
1: who got some dirt on him
0: went, it was good buddy. Or not, I'm not sure I good buddies, but was buddies with Phil. They would go gamble and do all this kind of stuff, play golf together. And well, Billy Walters got nabbed for insider trading and went to jail for a few years. Yeah. Phil was a, Phil was a part of the insider trading issue. Basically, he gave up information he had on Billy Walter, so he didn't go to jail. He had to pay back his earnings from the insider trading of the stocks. Well, Billy Walter got pissed and has written a tell-all book about his life and this and that. And allegedly, there's some not great things in there about Phil Mickelson.
1: <laughs> I can't wait to read it.
0: <laughs> so I'm sure we'll have some something to digest and read. Uh, later this summer when the excerpts are, start coming out before the, the book does this summer. So yeah, so I don't know if he's like nervous about that and he's just trying to win on this front. I, st- I still think there's a part of him and Norman because I basically feel like this tour was started by the two of them, right? It's just as much Phil's tour as it is Norman's tour. If the, we believe the reports that Phil was helping the lawyers write the language for the bylaws, I think he's pissed because him and Norman promised a bunch of things to these guys that have not come true.
1: Yeah. He's getting exposed.
0: And he's getting exposed a little bit to his buddies on tour. They're looking at him like, well, you fucking, fucking said I could have my cake and eat it too. And they've all dropped their names from the lawsuit too against the PGA tour. Every player has now dropped their name and it's now officially just live versus the PGA tour. So I think Bryson and, Matt Jones, I think, were the last two that dropped two weeks ago off that. So, again, I don't know what, what to really make of Phil's. It just it seems like he hasn't changed now. He definitely looked like he had changed for quite a while, and now he hasn't. So, he's got his cockiness back after one strong finish. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go. So, he's, where is he on this season-long season long I can't even find him. Oh, he's 36 on the uh, live tour right now, this season long standing. But 42
2: yeah. players
0: out of what? How many players? 42. Well, it's 48, but they actually have 50. 48. 50 on the um, point list here. I guess because of some injuries. It was like Martin Keimer missed a few events. Um same Horschfield missed a few events.
2: I took the test. I'm I'm a crushers. Crushers. <laughs> Bryson's team. team. I could yeah, not a <laughs> chance. No. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I tried to take the test twice and change my answers, and it still came up with Majestics. The
1: test doesn't lie. It's, it's like a personality test. Test
0: doesn't lie. You can't fool the test.
1: You are who you are. I mean, you are a majestic. This, I mean,
0: there's nothing you That's, can do to change that. Definitely a word people use to describe me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, majestic. <laughs> majestic. I'm real fucking majestic. I, I took that. What, what was I? I was a. What was the the cliques or Oh, the... you
0: were the cliques You were. You're
1: just as bad. They got to be me. second to last. So y'all yeah. are. They are. They are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's uh who is their captain is it uh Martin I mean, Keimer no um
0: yeah that sounds right yeah, I think <laughs> that's right let me see here yeah Martin Keimer Richard Bland Graham McDowell and Bern Wiesberger man tough something that's something Hopefully, they're, they're not playing better 2014 call. They want their team back. So, <laughs> all those guys were good. It was 2014.
1: I
2: got to love the uh, the British announcer calling uh, Abe Answers' team, you know, Tor- golf club, you got know, Torquay. <laughs> At first, I'm like, what is he saying? And I I'm like, oh, okay. All right. That's nothing. No, <laughs> way to garner a following
0: oh man so yeah there's your live there's your live
1: update um did you guys see or hear the who's the guy who who owns or started la golf do you know that guy's name um anyway he they somebody was interviewing him. he was kind of making poking fun at uh scotty cameron um and I was just looking at the article. It's basically like, you know, Scotty, all he does is make the same putter over and over and over. And he, you know, just paints it a different color, puts, you know, paint film a different spot, which I don't, I don't disagree. I mean, I do love Scotty cameras. I think they're beautiful, but he had a good point that he was like, there's just no innovation there. So, but anyway, my, my question was, they make these, he keeps talking about these golf shafts for like putters. I don't really know enough about, the la golf that whole thing i'm trying to i want to figure it out but do you guys know anything about why they these shafts are so so good la the la golf shafts
0: so there's a whole bunch of putter shafts out there nowadays there's one called the stability shaft there's la golf one um a, a kbs makes one FujiKura makes one there's a bunch of them out there now and they basically and and mclean you'll probably know better than me but basically saying they're more stable they're stiffer
1: gotcha. yeah he used the word that and putting a flimsy steel shaft in a putter yeah like, they're stiffer it, it than add. most you know putter shafts you get off the
0: rack uh that, that the manufacturers use and these are stiffer less face twisting
1: those kind of things yeah that seems crazy I mean yeah, it, it makes when sense it
2: comes to look when it comes to putting a stiffer shaft in a putter there is some merit there as Especially for the average golfer, not near as much for tour pros because what it's doing is actually no. I take that back. Opposite. It's better for the tour pro because they're creating solid contact over and over. I'm sorry, I I started saying the exact opposite of what I was trying to. (laughs) When you are making contact off center, the reason that the face will twist slightly is to provide the forgiveness factor. When you have a a, um, an amateur golfer that the face doesn't react and it doesn't open up near as much for a toe hit, you're going to miss that ball more or less. It's just, it's just fact of the matter. So that's where it kind of comes down to. Is it good for some of the tour players? Absolutely. I think you know when you're catching it in the center, I think there is some merit there. I haven't done any personal testing between the two. I have not seen any you know, verified data between the two. Say this is, you know, a, a measurable amount better. I understand why it could be. Um, on paper, it makes sense. It. On paper, it makes sense. I haven't seen any stats behind that. But with it, what a, exactly what Mike was saying, how it limits the face rotation. Well, the only time the face rotates is on an off-center hit. The face shouldn't be rotating on that. If it's rotating outside of that because of your stroke. You weren't making the putt to begin with. So that doesn't matter. <laughs> call, call a spade a spade. Well, we're talking the,
0: the face, the face rotates at a putting stroke. We're talking about
1: the, the, the twisting f- of the face, I guess.
0: Twisting of it on an off center
1: hit. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So these these is, are like graphite shafts that are, pattern. these are like graphite shafts that are stipper and lighter. I'm guessing. It's graphite
2: and steel combination. Okay. Um, And it it limits it on a, a good stroke. Again, I'm not, I have way more experience fitting and working with full swing golf clubs than I do putting, putter fitting. I have a very, very, I don't want to say a basic knowledge of it. I have a good knowledge of it. I've done a little bit of it. I've studied some of it, but not near to the level of some of the top putter fitters out there. And I would not consider myself one of the top putter fitters out there. Um, with a golf club, yeah, I'm very comfortable in assessing data from a full swing, understanding the benefits of different shaft profiles and how it matches up to certain swing types, certain tempos, and, you know, dissecting the data to help us really, you know, nail that down. With the putter, I understand all of the physics behind it. And when it comes down to face rotation, we're talking about face rotation at impact. We're talking about what happens when you miss the putt slightly off-center. And it's supposed to provide some level of correction. That's why we see these high MOI putters now. You know, when you miss it a little bit off-center, the benefit is that it is transferring more energy into the golf ball. So it allows you to generate closer to your desired speed even though you didn't hit it dead center uh, in the face. So that 10-footer that you caught dipped off center was only going 9.75 feet and wasn't getting there. Now, now traveled out that full 10, 10 and a half feet that you're trying to create to where the ball still had a chance of going in the hole. But as far as the shafts are concerned, there's a reason that you'll you've seen so many tour players go to it at certain times. I don't know what the current statistic is with how many players are putting this in their bag. But the big thing that I really take away is that when it comes to equipment and it comes to new technology, it is tested on tour first It is tested in small batches with the best players in the world. And if you see certain guys start to go to it, there's something there. They've found yeah. a little bit of something. They've tracked it with data. It, this isn't something where guys just say, I'm just going to throw that in there. Those are those decisions are no longer being made on the PGA tour. Not, not in any sort of, you know, large group function. So, you know, I, I remember one of the first guys that I saw go to it, and obviously it stuck hard with me. Um, Ryan Palmer was fighting with one for a while. And, you know, that-, what, that... That really, that
1: stuck with you, that he played it? That's weird. It did. It did,
2: it did. <laughs> just like it did when he played well last week. I can't <laughs> believe no one else picked him either. What a wild, wild scenario. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, I think there is some merit there for me to try and assess the Delta. I don't know what that is to just be you know en- entirely forward about it, but yeah. I understand the premise and I understand what it's trying to do. But again, for the average player out there, I'm not so certain it does offer a big benefit. Um, from the standpoint of you know if you give me a shaft that's not going to rotate not going to correct that's the correct that slight toe hit. I'm just going to miss the putt farther left. You know, yeah. it's going to stay stiff. The club face is going to stay closed. The ball's going to miss left.
1: Yeah. yeah, but then I would then I would say, well, then why, I mean, why? what is the benefit for a, a PGA pro, even if you're uh, the best player in the world, if it, if the, the fact that it's supposed to twist to allow for it to correct, then why would you not even, why would you not want that? Why would you not want yeah, that? Yeah, I don't.
0: I don't think necessarily a putter, though. It, it, it's not reacting the same as a full swing. A full swing can kind of correct. The way we we have the the irons and especially the woods with the bulge and roll constructed, the the gear effect to help those off center hits correct. You don't have that that much on the putter. And so what what they're saying is the testing these things are like triple X flex shaft that they're putting in these putters. And the, why the majority of them are graphite is to make a steel shaft triple x it's got yeah, it's to be gonna be super, super heavy so heavy yeah so the the graphite can be you know triple x flex and still have the same weight and kind of responsiveness uh in in the head i've messed around with them a little bit not in really my own putters but a couple of guys at the club have them, on and i've messed around i actually almost like my putter to a little bit it's it's it helps me i like to feel like my heads because i have a lot of face rotation i like to feel like there's a little almost lag in my putting stroke and to me it was almost like too rigid too stiff and the feedback i, I mean I, they're saying it's supposedly better now that if, if it's a graphite shaft that you can still feel that where you make contact but i just felt like the i'm big on how that sounds coming off the face. And to me, when I've messed around, it didn't quite sound the same or what I like to. Yeah. You're in. Bring
2: up, you bring up a good point. Jay, I pause. I don't mean to cut you off, but you bring up a good point where if you were going to ask me what the larger benefit or why players would go to it, it's going to offer a, a different amount of feedback. a feel that they preferred. And we all know putting is very personal. So that to me would make a lot more sense of why guys would go to it. Again, I have not done this research. I'm trying to make sense from the common common sense perspective of why this could work, why it wouldn't work for certain players. But at the end of the day, what would make the most sense for me is that guys, they like the feel. It changed it up a little bit from what they're used to. Mm-hmm. It gave them a sense of, of comfort to a certain degree. Um, so that would make more sense to me why you would see players going to it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the question uh, that i have is wh- why is stiffer better with your putter like if if all these if these pros are hitting the ball in the center more times than not that's great but if they do miss hit it why would they not want what is the benefit of having this super stiff shaft what how is it improving their putting um and then rather than having just a you know a softer shaft and, uh, yeah i don't know it's something i have to research i just didn't know you guys heard any any feedback about it because i was just reading about it and i'm like maybe i'll give this thing a shot and throw up you know 400 graphite shaft in my (laughs) putter i've
0: always talked about like with with my own with myself in my head there's a lot of conversations there but one of them was i think i'm gonna buy one of these and and mess around but yeah they're they're fairly pricey and yeah so i think i'm gonna probably pull the trigger at some point here Um just give it a shot. Yeah, I can do some, I'll be able to do some data testing in my backyard, so that'll help. There you go. I'll come help. Uh, Humble brag. (laughs) Humble (laughs) brag. No, it's just a brag. Uh, When is that? When's that going down? When uh, is that that happening? That starts
1: tomorrow morning. Wow. Here we go. Shaper (laughs) will be here tomorrow morning. Nice. What company are you going with? Are you allowed to say?
0: Um, it's essentially a local distributor of celebrity greens. I got you. gotcha. Gotcha. So is one of the big national companies and this is a, a local vendor essentially of, of theirs. So they have, they have a bunch of, um, guys as like their ambassadors, John Rahm, Max Homa, um, I think Marco Mira, they have a, a handful of guys. So now Mike Maroney. Yeah, throw them Um, on the list. Let's get you on the website. One of their ambassadors. (laughs) Brand ambassador.
2: (laughs) You have Andrew Green coming in to design it?
0: No, I don't have Andrew Green coming in to design it. But speaking of Andrew Green, it's a great segue, McLean. Let's get to the PGA Championship. At Oak Hill, your camera's moving by itself, and you're not even in the screen. It's freaking me out. (laughs) It's it's looking for you. (laughs) Um. Yeah, we got, we got a major this week. What is major week? I got live from on the screen. It's always a good good time when the live from's on. Uh, they're up in Rochester, New York at Oak Hill. And yeah, the reason we bring up Andrew Green, if you are not familiar with Andrew Green, he is a up-and-coming architect on the scene. Golf Digest just called him uh, one of the hottest architects uh, out there. And so I, I know Andrew... Personally, uh, we're fortunate to have him, um, I'm not going to say on staff, but be associated with the foundry. He did our renovation in 08, 09, when he was with a construction company, McDonald & Sons. He was their in-house architect. He has since went off on his own, started his own firm, and has gotten some big, big big-time gigs. He has redone Scioto Country Club, where Nicholas grew up in Columbus, Ohio, Inverness, Wanna Amoisette in Rhode Island, uh, Congressional. He redid the Bloom course there, and he has redone Oak Hill, which you will see this week. He's kind of a a Ross specialist. He's, he's renovated a lot of Donald Ross golf courses, and he has yet to design his own course. He's been a, a renovation restoration um, specialist right now, and so he's done a ton of work kind of brought it back to what Donald Ross has done. Tom Fazio went in there and I think I think I would love to get Andrew's off the record thoughts of uh Fazio, but I think like three of the courses that he has recently renovated, Fazio has got his hands on it before and fucked it up and then they've brought, brought Andrew in to to get it back to where it was and kind of what Ross was uh envisioning from from the beginning and I guess the biggest thing you'll see and you'll hear a lot about it. Oak Hill is it basically one of their founders planted something like 30,000 trees on the property when it was first built. And he Andrew Green has taken out thousands of them. We can all talk about trees and various, and, but part of what Andrew was talking about is like, well, when this course was designed, these trees weren't here. And yeah. So he's trying to bring it back to where it was when Ross actually designed it and has changed the greens a bunch, did a lot of changes at a bunkering. So it'll be really, really interesting to see. It's You and you and I, you guys were, were chatting before. We think it's going to play a little bit like a U.S. Open this week. It's sounding like it's going to be a single digit under par winner. It's not going to be a 15, 16 under. I don't think it'll go over par. I don't know. what I haven't looked at the weather forecast for the week up there. But you never know. I mean, it's it it's Rochester in May, so it could still be pretty damn yeah. cold and, and blustery up there with the um wind coming off the Great Lakes. So yeah, it'll be fun, fun to watch. And I actually did just text um Andrew right before we get on this Just still you know, good luck, congrats. And he just gave me a simple thank you. And then 10 minutes later he was on the golf channel. So uh, but That's we're cool. we're excited to have Andrew. He's still involved with us, he's gonna be helping us with our bunker renovation this summer. And, um, helping us put together a master plan for, uh, changes and tweaks. We're going to try to make to the golf course here in the next handful of years. which just kind of keep getting better and better and, uh, kind of progress forward.
1: Awesome. Yeah. It'll be fun to, fun to see that, that project shake down, but, um, yeah, it'd be cool to hear. I want to check out some of these, um, interviews with him on golf town too. It's always nice to hear what the architects have to say about you know what they did to certain holes and why they did it. I think it's pretty neat.
0: Yeah. He's, he's great at doing historical research and he'll go back and with a lot of his old clubs, he'll go back and he'll find old images and aerials and then compare them to present day and just kind of take any information. And a lot of these old big time clubs too, they're, they're fortunate. They have like his club historians and they have kept good records over decades And so there's a lot for him to go to sit down and look at. And so he's good at at bringing it back to what it was supposed to. The green shapes this week are going to be cool. They're asymmetrical. They had gotten, they were, I was watching a a before and after. They had gotten very circular, oval, like just boring, plain Jane. Like if you had a five-year-old draw a golf hole on on a piece of paper, they just made a circle and stuck a flag in it. And that's kind of how <laughs> these have gotten. And now they're a little more asymmetrical with almost like corners and brought back a little more slope and uh, yeah, it'll be cool. So I think, I think you're going to see some of the players get pissed off at some of the fairway bunkers. It sounds like the fairway bunkers are pretty damn difficult. Some of them are going to just hit a wedge and lay up on a par four kind of thing. Like can't get it to the green, which really pisses these guys off when they yeah. can't, they can't, can't have grab a it. shot to the green. So, you know, they're a hazard. Don't hit them in sure. there. Hit them in the fairway. True. <laughs> Sorry, That's just my little thing. But just a little thing. <laughs> my little thing. So, yeah. What are you guys? Uh, I think we'll get the picks here in one second. I think it's going to be a guy who yeah. drives it well, hits his iron well, and then chips it well. I
1: thought you were going to say and puts it well. I'm like no, that that probably went anyway. And puts it well and has yeah. a great mental.
0: Metal game and a great game plan and a great caddy. I think if if you have... If they do all that. If you do all that, I think you'll probably do pretty well this week. (laughs) No, but from a stat standpoint, I think if you look at probably more driving. I don't know. Again, I I probably should have done a little more research on how the course is playing, although it's only Monday. But if it's firm, I'm not sure distance is going to be king, but I think more accuracy than distance
1: yeah i mean the greens are little too right if i remember correctly I yeah mean, they're, they're not small. even though
0: he's made them bigger they're they're not
1: huge so to, yeah to your point it's going to be you know the guys who are have control of their ball from the fairway um and you know you're going to miss greens regardless out there so the guys that can really get the ball up and down so i mean typically if you're going to chip and get the ball up and down you know most of those guys are good putters too but um but yeah, I think you know premium on, on chipping um, and the uh, approach into the green. But you know it's all set up with the with the driver as well. So you know to your point, it's par seventy playing seventy four hundred yards. Yeah, um, it's pretty long. So, yes. but depends on how, depending on how firm and fast it's playing. It, the driver you know may not necessarily need you know all that stick all the time. So we we'll usually pretty good at,
0: at mixing up the distances on a few of the holes. They'll kind of move yeah. them around a little bit.
1: And I bet they don't play it at 7400 7, the whole. No. I bet they have one one day we're playing it, you know, seventy two and then you know seventy three fifty. I I doubt they'll play it, you know, yeah. tipped yeah. out the whole way around. Yeah. 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 I agree. But yeah, it should be any major, you know. I don't wanna, you know, we can all rank the majors and I would I would say that most people think the other than maybe Gary player, think of the PJ Championship as the <laughs> the fourth, the fourth major. Um, but it's, a, it's still in itself, it's still a major. Still some good yeah. storylines. You know, you've got speed coming back trying to win the career and slam, coming off of an injury, the so-called injury. Um so there's still, you know, plenty of plenty of storylines. Will a live player, you know, win a win a major while they're not on the PJ tour? I mean, that's obviously a, another big one too. So,
0: um, but
1: what was I going to say?
0: You had made a point that was great, and I was going to piggyback off it. Now I forget what it was.
1: Lines, I think I was talking oh. about Jordan Spieth. Yeah.
0: No, 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 no. You said about where the the this event ranks among the other majors. Oh yeah. And I, I think what hurts this event is there's not an identity as much as the yeah. other three. Sure. You know, obviously the British open links, golf across the pond, different weather. Like we just, that's just got a clear identity. Yeah. The US open is thick, rough, gouging it out. Harder. Grueling test, test. grueling test. And then the masters is, you know, Augusta and azaleas and the tradition and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the PGA is just lacking a little yeah. bit of identity. It always gets, you know, when you look at the world golf rankings, this is always the strongest field by their metrics, even with mm-hmm. the 20 club professionals, uh, yeah, just because nice. the other top 100 the other 100, what, 25, 30 players in the field are usually those 130 are in the top 150 in the world rankings is, you know,
2: Um, Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the timing. You know, it was different when it was the last major of the year. uh You know, it it had that, if nothing else, going for it. Your last chance to get it done. You know, we saw a lot of guys historically go in looking for either the career grand slam or, you know, we look back to Tiger trying to complete the Tiger slam. Um, You know, there were a lot of opportunities to where the PGA meant a lot more to us. Based off of what had happened earlier in the year, now I think it's a little bit lost in the on the schedule. I mean, it's obviously still a major, an incredible event. I'm not trying to, trying to take anything away from it. You are correct. Historically, it's always had the best fields of the year, but with the moving of the date, it's no longer the last major of the year. It's no longer. It doesn't have that same kind of allure that it once had. And I'm not saying that the date is the only reason that it's not, but you're exactly right. People aren't as excited for this as they once were. It doesn't still have that same allure that it once did. And now it's almost just getting lost in the major schedule, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, it is. And I don't know if the date change helps or hurts the venues selection. I feel like it should help. At least because when it's in August, there's just some Southern golf courses. I just don't know that you're going to go to when it's a hundred degrees and humid. Yeah. You know, so maybe it brings more into play, but then the Northeast golf courses aren't, although Oak Hill looks pretty damn mint. You know, sometimes they can have a rough ass winter up there and the golf courses are slow to come back. Yeah. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm just, you know, watching some of the, the clips of some of the guys on the practice rounds today. And it, it looks, Pretty primo to me. So, yeah, I, I think it opens up. I think the date change opens up more venues for them. And they've done a better job of selecting venues. It seemed to be kind of nondescript there for a while. So, I don't know. But McLean, if you're floor, you won. <laughs> Give us the power. power we're ready to do it. Yeah. What are the power?
1: Are rankings? are ready say? to do this.
2: Power rankings say that it's a pretty smart place to check out your pits, is what it says. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I got a bunch of of big names this week. I really do. We'll see if it pays off. But these guys just got in the way, and every time I look, I'm like, well, why would I not take that guy? So without further ado, coming off of his win and live Tulsa, Oh God. Dustin Johnson. 100 percent I think I think he's got a little bit of a bone to pick. He's ready to ready to submit himself. I will say the guy looks looks good without any sort of apparel a contract. Apparently his apparel contracts have just expired. I don't know if you guys noticed this, uh, but he had on some uh foot joys. He didn't have any Adidas uh stuff on this past week. So apparently his apparel contract just expired. Um and it was odd seeing him in a traditional golf suit, but it it, it looked pretty good. Um, so Dustin Johnson, uh, at the top, I've got the other guy that was in the um, playoff with him, Mr. Cameron Smith, 9,300. Uh, moving down from there, Mr. Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, I've also got a guy who's been playing really well, um, Sahit Gala, 8,100. And then... Guy that's just been really making a surge. We talked about him a lot. He's back into the top fifty world golf rankings for the first time. Uh, Ricky Fowler, and then rounding out my team, Captain America, Patrick Reed. Oh my god! I want to vomit. Dude, <laughs> you say what you will. I'm here to. I'm here to win money. And this guy puts it all behind him, and he just goes out and plays golf. Uh, if he could get a little bit more hatred and get a little bit more fuel going, it would probably benefit my team. But at the end of the day, a guy who's used to being there, he's not gonna—he's not worried about playing in a big event. Got to take Patrick Reed. So again, it's—it's uh, a, it's a big name squad this week. Big name squad. And I'm looking for them to elevate on uh, uh, one of the top tournaments of the year.
0: All right, God, Patrick Reed, nice. Cool all right Bird, you came in second you can go again
1: um okay i will i got kind of a uh, hodgepodge i actually had some i did the lineup first and i had a couple of the same names that uh, McLean did but i uh i've since edited and this is what i've finished on um bottom of the barrel here 6700 bucks uh kh lee Obviously didn't play, he didn't, he didn't go for the trifecta last week, but overall has been playing some pretty good golf, finished eighth at the Wells Fargo and, you know, making cuts um, since the players and it's been playing pretty solid. So at 6,700 bucks, if he can, you know, again, have a good week and get some points, that'd be, uh, that would be uh, pretty good. Uh, Wyndham Clark at 7,500 bucks uh, coming off the win at Wells Fargo. Again, same, same situation, been playing some really solid golf, uh, making a bunch of cuts and maybe that was the win that he needed to, uh, to kind of get uh, the monkey off his back, so to speak, and, and feel like he can compete with some of these big names. Uh, so again, 7,500 bucks, pretty good, pretty good value there. Um, then I go to another uh, live player, uh, Joaquin Neiman. Just to, you know, the guy's just a, tough, tough player. I mean, he finished a couple of eight place finishes with live, but again, we don't really know how, how really to judge that uh, for 48 man field, not a full field. So it's, it's kind of hard to, to gauge that, but looking at the scores, he's shooting some good numbers, you know, to 64, 65 last week. And then, you know, a couple sixty sixes the week before. I mean, you gotta be playing some decent golf to, to put those together. Um, and he's just, I feel like he's a tough player. Like I feel like he If you could put him on a tough golf course, this guy plays well on tough golf courses. Um, Then I uh, jump up. Then I kind of go to my higher price guys, uh, Terrell Hatton, 8,500 bucks, another tough nose player. I think he does well at majors when the the courses are tough. Uh, He obviously has, you know, got a great great iron game. And and I think that's obviously going to prove to be beneficial this week. And then I jump up to Mr. Tony Finau, 9,500 bucks. Again, playing good golf. I, I do think uh I think either he wins or my uh my top tier guy, uh, which is Xander Shoffley. There's two guys that haven't been able to really get it done in majors, but have always kind of been right, right there, knocking on the door. Um, and I think one I think this is kind of that I think everyone's gonna be looking at Jordan Spieth and thinking of, is he gonna get it done? They're obviously looking at John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler. And some people may make the mistake of picking Rory McIlroy. Um, but I think one of these two guys uh, gets it done.
0: Okay. I I didn't pick Xander. I really like Xander this week. Uh, I just didn't pick him. But he, uh, he crossed my mind multiple times. So uh, my team, kind of some themes of my team, good drivers of the golf ball, good iron players. Most of them are good chippers around the green, kind of like I was I was saying earlier. A few of them, I'm not going to go in any kind of order here. Three of them, I'd say, are kind of having a little bit of resurgent years. Haven't been great. I'd love the value I have in some of these guys, too. At the draft <laughs> case. So uh, my three resurgent guys, 7100, Gary Woodland, had a much better year, hits it long. Knows how to play a tough golf course, US Open winner. I like him. $7,600, Ricky Fowler, Strokes gained total. He's 11th on tour this year. Just playing very, very solid golf. Hits his irons well, chips it well. Then I got Tommy Fleetwood at $8,000. The gun on the guy, a resurgent guy. Feel like his ball striking, he'll get it around here. And he's actually been chipping it. He hasn't been historically a great pitcher and triple the golf ball, but his strokes gain numbers around the green have been much improved. So I like him there. Uh, another guy I have I have Wyndham Clark. Already heard his name. I think this golf course is a perfect form. Um obviously he's feeling confident coming off his first win. Think he'll, you know, give me a top 15, top 20, I think from Wyndham Clark this week. Then I go up to eighty four hundred. Matt Fitzpatrick, give me him on a tough golf course. You know he drives it well. Just and his game's rounding in the form. Just won a few weeks ago at the RBC. I like him. And then I go up to the winner. I picked him in January. No reason to pick him. This golf course fits him absolutely perfect. Eleven thousand four hundred. John Rom wins.
1: I mean, yeah. Can we I, see if John Rom wins? Do we? Can we see somebody win all? Four majors in the calendar year. Can John Rom do it? It'll be great. It'll be brought up if he won, he wins this
0: week. I'm I'm like I'm gonna put a lot of money on John Rom winning. I think because <laughs> yes, a lot of money. I, I like normally I go to the bottom of the list first. Like when I make my picks and then kind of see what my money's left and see what my value plays are. He was the first one I clicked on. Boom, hit done. John Rom, first pick. Rom. I'll figure out the rest later. Like John
1: Rom. Good thing I've got the the Rom killer on my team. Who, who's Mr. a Rom Tony killer? Fina. Oh, Tony Finau. <laughs> Jesus, the Rom killer. Holy crap, that's overstated. I mean, it is what it is. Last time they t- those two went head to head, he, he got it done. Yeah, in a that John Rom didn't want to be playing. But he's still playing. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Rom's playing. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, how, why would you go against picking him? Yeah. You
0: know? So, we'll see. Um, I'm curious what Speed's health is. I don't think I don't like this golf course for him. I don't know.
1: I don't either. Not yeah, especially if he's if he is fighting a wrist injury. That's yeah, that's not good. Not not good. I know the rough is up a little bit there too. It's yeah. not like it's I mean that's not a good that's not a good sign. I don't know which wrist it is, but I think it's the left one. Yeah, I'm not positive. Because he's been doing I know they were commenting on the, all the Boeing and stuff that he's doing in his in his golf swing through the impact, and that certainly can't can't be good for it. Can't be good. Yeah. So, well, we will see. We will see. It's always fun you to do. have a
0: have a major week, and we'll, um, yeah. All our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the the PJ Championship. Good luck to all the PJ professionals that are playing in the field. Uh, Josh Spate, local guy from right here in Richmond, has qualified. Go After for it, Josh. Good at, luck, Venatera. So good luck to him and all the other uh, professional shirt folders out there, my fellow brothers in arms. Good luck, boys. All right, guys. That was fun. All right. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks. Later.